Hi, my beautiful people. This is Spill With Me, Jenny D. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited. I've been wanting to do this for so long. I'm giving you a real big hug right now. I don't know if you can feel it, but I'm giving you this big hug because I feel like everybody needs a hug or a, hey, you're doing great or you look nice or just compliment each other. I mean, see, I felt like I needed to start this because I've been running into so many people that just want to talk about their life experiences, the relationships or like any story they needed to share. This could be something magical or something they wanted to share, but they're afraid of what others would think, me included. Or if you're hurting inside or have a funny story about life lessons you'd like to talk about, I would love for you to reach out. This could be the worst or your best times. Listen, I have some good topics. We're going to have a lot of fun because I believe the best medicine is to talk about it because someone else is dealing with the same shit. Welcome to another episode of Spill With Me, Jenny D. I have these three beautiful ladies that took out some time today from their job to talk to us about some serious things. I have Sam here, who is the area manager for Crossroads Treatment Center. I have Nina, who's a senior care manager, and Randy, the care manager. So I'm so excited to talk to you all, and I I really appreciate you guys coming out and talking to me. Sam, our listeners don't really know what Crossroads Treatment Center is. What do you do at Crossroads Center? So Crossroads is across the state. We have 52 locations in Pennsylvania, but we are in 10 states. You can find all those locations at crossroadstreatmentcenters.com. But here in Pennsylvania, we are treating opioid use disorder primarily. We, in all of our offices, have um, you know a team that's there to help in any way possible. We want people to know where you know we want to be easily accessible convenient for them to get to and then we want to be able to give them all the resources they need we provide MAT which is medication assisted treatment and it's more than just the medication there's a lot more that goes into that treatment so that's where people like Nina and Randy come in where they're out in the communities and they're making those connections with the different resources exactly. so that we can give our patients who are opioid use, who right. have an opioid use disorder diagnosis. Um, right, because I feel like, you know, as society, communities, I don't know if we know that this is still going on. Sometimes we hear about it, sometimes we don't, but I really feel that this message, this story needs to be talked about. This is definitely going on. Right. It's an epidemic. Yeah. I mean, so Crossroads is a center, we were classified as a center of excellence, um, which is a pretty big deal in Pennsylvania because it's something, so Governor Wolf put this in play, and it's to help with, to provide more resources for this opioid epidemic that we have in Pennsylvania. Everybody's been affected by it, it seems like. If you haven't been, you know somebody who has been. Why aren't they talking about the awareness of it? You have to know where to look. Mm-hmm. Um, the recovery community is awesome. Mm-hmm. There's so many resources out there and there's so many people that it's, you know, it's not about, it's not just about the medication. It's not just about, you know, NA meetings or AA meetings, or it's not just about abstinence from drugs. Right. It's what is going to help you. Crossroads, we provide the MAT model, um, 
but if there's other resources that people need, we're going to give them that as well. I love that because you know what? I I don't know anybody that is addicted to any of these drugs, but I mean, to have you guys, I thank you guys for even, you know, taking the time to really help people out there. Nina, can you tell us about Crossroads Treatment Center? I mean, what do you do there? How does someone get a hold of the place, the locations? So I'm a senior care manager, and what I do there is help the patients with any needs that they need help with. A lot of our patients are homeless. A lot of our patients come from jail. Oh, wow. I didn't realize mm -hmm. that. And they need assistance. They are left on the street. When they come out of jail, they don't have anywhere to go. Um, Do you guys find them? No, they'll come to us, but also the resources that we look for out in the community will get referrals from them as well. But we help the patients find housing, food, transportation, therapy. It's incredible. And part of the job is going out into the community and finding these resources so we can send the patients there. Like right. if they need housing, we work with someone. If they need therapy, we have a ton of resources for that. Food, How employment. Long has Crossroads been around? I feel like I haven't heard it. We've been around since 2005, but in Pennsylvania, only for about the last year and a half, correct? Almost yes. two years? Oh, uh, yeah. We've re Crossroads acquired, it was previously known as ARS. Yes. Crossroads acquired that probably about three, maybe four, actually, might have been like four or five years now, okay. but they rebranded probably about two years ago where everything switched over to the Crossroads, and it's all brand new. Mm -hmm. We are doing more than if you heard of us before or you thought we were still ARS. It's no. not the same. Right. Um, it's a it's a totally different business these days. It is, and it has Crossroads has developed since I've started there. there have when did you so, start there? I started a year and a half ago. Okay. And it was what made you want to work there, Nina? I love helping people. I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do in life is help people I and <laughs> so true. and be there for them and be their biggest fan. I love being a leader. I love taking someone's hand and kind of showing them what direction to take. And I love, love, love when I can help someone and they come back into the office, office and say, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. Exactly. That referral that you gave me, I found a job or oh, uh, isn't it I so found satisfying. Shelter. I had a girl who was being abused by her boyfriend severely, and she would come into the office crying every single appointment, and I said, listen, we have got to get you into a shelter. Right. She had nowhere else to go. My phone rang at 3 in the morning, 3.30 in the morning, 4 in the morning, and 5 in the morning, and I answered it finally at 5.30, and she was on the other line crying that oh, no. she was kicked out of her home with her boyfriend, and she was feeling, you know, having thoughts of suicide, so I said, go to the hospital, you know, that's where yes. you need to go right now, and a week later, I got a phone call from... The social worker at the hospital saying we she's going to a shelter. You know she oh, called that is wonderful. and she called me and said you know thank you so much for your help and that's what makes me feel good oh, inside yes. that I have those stories to tell and that people are making accomplishments you know with resources that I can give them which is 
it's very fulfilling. Oh, yes. When you can help one person, yes. 20 people, 100 people. I mean, that to me is the way the world should work. We should all it be is. there to help each other out in any way we can. Right. And a lot of times, you know, sometimes I have patients that come in that don't need assistance with anything, but they just need that lis- listening ear. Exactly. They want to sit next to you and talk to you because sometimes that's the only thing that makes them feel normal at right. the end of the day yeah. and makes them feel good. And, you know, if they came into the office feeling like crap that day and emotionally drained, maybe I was that listening ear that they needed to lift them up for the rest of the day. And they ended their their day on, you know... A yes. wonderful note. Oh, yes. And so. I know Nina personally, and I know she's a wonderful person. And she does. She makes people feel so comfortable. So you're definitely in the right line of work. Thank you. And just meeting you two just right now, I can feel the energy that you guys are just, you're in your eyes. I can see that you really want to help people. And I, I love that. That's why I feel like this story needs to be told. Now, I'm not sure who can answer this question, but the drugs that, they, that people have been taking, what age group? And how are they getting these drugs? So we serve 18 and older. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, I, I was going to say following up to what Nina was talking about because she's giving so many great resources for people who are in need. But it's important to mention that this affects people across demographics, mm-hmm. it, you know, across income levels. Right. It's, you know, it's... It doesn't discriminate. It does like not discriminate. Homeless and people getting yeah. out of jail. These are people yeah. who executives, are executives. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. You know, we have a lot of people that work within our organizations that are in recovery themselves. And, you know, so much of what we do is because of the passion that's behind it. And I say all the time, if you don't, you know, if, this, if you don't love your job here, you're just not in the right field. Right. Um, because you really have to stand behind it and be passionate about mm-hmm. it and you know, whatever the answer is for the recovery path, you know, we want to be able to help and it doesn't matter where you come from. Right. And if you've gone through something like this and you know what it's like, and you're the one that makes all the excuses, I've been there, done that. Mm -hmm. You can actually Mm -hmm. talk to the patient and say, look, Mm -hmm. I was where you were, you know, I mean, it's that to me shows that these people can really rely on you. They can really trust you. And I feel like that's the that's the one thing. So how are they getting these drugs? Like where is there people selling them? Like Yes. I mean it's all over the place. All over the streets. They sell to kids as young as five years old. I know. You know, here's a piece of candy, or and it's so it drug. could be in candy. It, it could be. It in could any, be in anything. It can be in marijuana. Um, okay. They're putting fentanyl in marijuana now. Fentanyl yeah. is everything. It used to be heroin, and now it is pure fentanyl. Yeah, we don't really see a lot of heroin coming back on the toxicology fentanyl. screens that we're doing. We see a lot of fentanyl. It's getting added into other like mixing with stuff yeah Yeah. you know people may think that they're doing cocaine and here it has a lethal amount of fentanyl in it or you know they buy uh, marijuana off of the street but who's to say that that dealer cleaned the scale off before the marijuana was placed on the scale so it takes such a small amount of fentanyl it's finding these Um, dealers like are they just 
how do they are they I mean I don't I don't know what's going on in the streets exactly these days but yeah. it's scary it's, it's very scary it's available there's different avenues people take some of it is because you were at one point in time prescribed some sort of pain medication for a variety of reasons right. you know we see a lot of people who had injuries at work or mm-hmm. you know a car accident or something with their back randomly and they're prescribed and you know you don't realize that you may not be out on the street trying to find fentanyl or heroin or any of those illegal drugs but you can still be addicted at the end of the day Mm -hmm. because that's just how the medication works within your body I had no idea and so it doesn't matter you know you can be using fentanyl off the street you could be prescribed fentanyl from your doctor. Mm-hmm. At the so end I of the day, you're going to be pills? addicted. They come in a variety of forms, um, but it's just it's in stuff these days. Mm-hmm. It's it's a problem in Pennsylvania. Yeah, you know, it's a problem. It That's it kind of where problem. where we come into play. And it's nice because, like Sam said earlier, there are so many resources out there. I did not realize how many resources were out there until I started this job. For people who are homeless, suffer from, you know, addiction, things like that. And it's just amazing the amount of resources that are out there to help these people. And that's another part of the job that I absolutely love. Going out to the community, educating people and companies and resources that don't know, you know, what we offer. And it's, you know, it's wonderful to let everyone know and then they can come back to us. Oh my gosh, I've never heard of Crossroads. But this exactly. is wonderful to know because there are probably like if you went into schools and talked to the students because there's probably students that don't know what's going on or what it, the effects that it could take right. on your body, and especially being so young. And and I want to get Randy in here too. <laughs> Randy is a special guest with us today. Randy, I know um, you have a story. And I just so appreciate you coming on. And these listeners, just hearing from you, are going to be so grateful. So if you want to talk about... You're an area manager now at Crossroads Street. I'm a care manager. Care manager. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, No, you're fine. I I just promoted her. I would even do... I can even do, like, an on-the-whim introduction for Randy. Yes, go ahead. So she's been with Crossroads now for a little over a year or close to... Next month will be a year. So about a year. And she started off in our front office... just, you know, the heart of the company, the people on the ground that are there every single day to keep our doors open um, and to serve our patients that need us. And she just immediately jived with our company and our team that we have and has excelled in her role. It was a wonderful opportunity to be able to promote her into the care management role, and that just happened in the last couple months Mm -hmm. here. Sam, what does that mean, care manager? So the care managers are the ones that are out in the communities. They are the ones that our patients are meeting with when they come through our doors. They're checking in with them, basically. You know, we want to check in, make sure you're okay. Do you need anything? Like a social worker kind of thing? I mean, no, just kind of like a quick touch base. And ultimately, they're going to be like a giant referral Rolodex. Mm -hmm. And it's their job to be out in the communities and to know that if somebody says, you know, I need help finding employment or I need help with housing or, you know, my electric's about to be shut off or my house needs insulation, I don't have heat, I don't, whatever the case may be their job is to have a resource for it. So if our, you know, anybody who's walking through our door is, you know, they're there for medication, but 
it's more than that because it's not just about taking the medication. It's about learning new habits. It's about, you know, rekindling relationships. A lifestyle change. It's a lifestyle change, exactly. Um, So, yeah, the care managers are the ones that want to put our patients in contact with whatever it is that they need. Yes, I love Um, it. So Randy joined the team, the care management team, a few months back um, and has just been excelling. She covers her primary territories in Grove City, Cranberry Township area. And she's done great just getting out there and making connections. Grove City was a great example. There was a community that needed our resources, and they didn't really know exactly what we did. Randy's help of meeting with them and educating them about, you know, what exactly it is that we do and the services that we can offer. Right. We were able to, I don't, I mean, I don't know, Randy, you tell us. Tell us about the things that you're doing in Grove City. Yeah, it's very exciting. Actually, before I came here, I was fixing a PowerPoint for our regional manager. Um, We went and met with one of the Pennsylvania senators last week. No way! And he's got a lot of connections and he's very, very eager to get started in our county and I really think that he can do great things for us. So it's just finding connections like that that makes it not so much like this is not a job to me. It is literally my life. A lot of the times I hear you say in your podcast, um, sometimes the best medication is talking about it and that's just so perfect for my life in general because um, I wasn't addict once they say once an addict always an addict I'm in recovery I became a nurse back in 2011 I was a registered nurse loved my job because my whole passion in my life is taking care of people so I went to school and as mentioned before I innocently got my wisdom teeth pulled oh geez and that's how it started with me I've had it too Mm -hmm. yeah and I'll never forget the day that I had them pulled and I just I was taking the medication that they prescribed and it made me feel good and it's just kind of snowballed from there it started very innocently I graduated in 2011 became um, one of the nurses at a trauma center so I was constantly around patients and medications and but that never got me in trouble I never got in trouble for stealing medications or narcotics or anything like that mine was more indirectly I had the trust of all of my doctors that people look at you and say oh she's a nurse she knows what she's doing so I had no issues with getting medications refilled over and over and over for various you know I had kidney stones sciatica stuff like that and it was more of an innocent way of approaching my addiction I knew that there was addiction to my family but because my brother was a heroin addict he lost his life in 2019 oh, I'm so, so sorry yeah so that's still kind of fresh but actually that's one of the things that tied me into doing what I'm doing today because I had lost my license it's hard to explain there's just a lot of decisions that you make when you're quote unquote high that aren't in the best interest of your job performance so a lot of things that got me in trouble were indirectly related to my addiction, but nobody ever knew I was addicted. I was what you call a, I don't know, how do they say it? I was just a very, I was good at performing. Yeah, I was a very functioning addict, but I always had a pocket of pills, always. Like there's one commercial that our church did at one time and they had done an altar call and my family was at the front. They were praying for the kids before they started school or something. And every time that commercial came on TV, I would see myself standing there with my arm around my son, but I knew that I had a pocket full of oxys. And so that just like, I just felt like, why didn't God burn me down (laughs) at the altar? You know what I mean? Like my whole life for several years was 
being high. I couldn't function without it. I mean, I would call off work if I didn't know that I could get pills that day. And what kind of high would you say, Randy? Um, like you were at ease. Like yeah, you were you're relaxed. My thing was always the uppers. I was addicted to Percocet, um, oxycodone, uh, Vicodin, stuff like that. So what it did for me was it it kind of drowned out any of my anxiety that I already deal with. And you just don't care. You're just yeah. going about your day, not caring about things you say to people or how it's affecting, you know, your children and your family. And I don't, I just, I don't know. I lived my life like that for so long. I look back now. And even when I look at pictures that come up from those years, like I can see the pinpoint pupils and I'm like, how did people not know? I was just very good at hiding it. I was a suburban housewife, yeah. <laughs> lived in a development. Well, you're not you know, the I only just, one. Yeah. That's, that's why, one. like, I think it's so important because like you said, it's easy to say the homeless ones, like my brother could walk into a doctor's office and they would say, absolutely not covered in tattoos. We know there's something else going on here. I could walk into any doctor's office at that time and get whatever I wanted. And I took advantage of that. And I took advantage of a lot of patients that I had. And one in particular, he would... I mean, I think he got like 300 oxycodones a month and he was so old and frail. He just didn't need them. And he would say, can you take these to the pharmacy and dispose of them for me? Absolutely. (laughs) So, and that went on for a couple of years. It was just, it became part of my life. It was too easy. It was very easy. And that's what's scary is I think there's a lot of people out there right now that are living with that and they just don't know where to turn because of the stigma and the judgment. And how many years would you say you were using? Well, See, I got my wisdom teeth pulled in 2010. I overdosed in 2015. Oh, my gosh. Randy. So, so sorry. September 15th of 2015, we were having a block party because I lived in a really nice development, and it was our turn to host it. And so one of the things that if I had, if I was entertaining people, I had to stay high. I just, it was, it made me fun. That's what I thought. So I just, through the night, kept popping pills and drinking alcohol and thinking everything was great. And the night ended. Everyone left. I decided to go take a bath and my nephew, I had adopted my nephew because my brother was in active addiction. So we raised him. And next thing I knew, he was breaking down the bathroom door and EMS was coming in and pulling me out on a stretcher. And I was in the ambulance. That's the last thing I really remember is being in the hospital and them shoving the tube down my throat to intubate me. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was just brutal. It was a real eye-opener because at that point, people knew that there was a problem. How and, old were you? Uh... I was probably 32. 32, okay. Mm -hmm. And so I was sent to therapy, outpatient therapy, because I wanted to keep working. So it's IOP, is intensive outpatient therapy. And that's when I was introduced to Suboxone. Uh, I had always been against it because you hear it's just trading. I've never heard of that. Yeah, they say it's trading one drug for the other, but as Nina's going to (laughs) explain, it plays a very key role in your recovery because it takes all of that chemical stuff away so that you can focus on your life and getting your life back together. So if you so want to like explain, having withdraw is that Oh yeah. So they're trying to like it if you're an alcohol. Yeah, it's just like alcoholism. When you don't have that drug anymore, you get shakes the and shakes and you're sick and you're vomiting and that's why you're constantly chasing that. You're not even chasing the high anymore, you're just chasing the medication to keep yourself from feeling, feeling that. Right. And that is where I think MAT is so important and I will always be an advocate for it because it really did save my life. 
Yeah. And it's why I'm here today. So the recovery medicine that you were talking about, Nita, can you explain to us? Sure. So Crossroads offers Suboxone, Supplicade, Subutext, and Vivitrol. I have never heard of this. <laughs> I didn't even know this was out there. Supplicate and Vivitrol are monthly injections. So it's every 30 days. I don't have any patients actually that are on Vivitrol. Well, that's... that's Most of them are on the Supplicate shot um, because we, we are more focused on opiate use. So when our patients come in, they could be relapsing. They could be high. They could be in withdrawal, whatever it is. And they come in and they'll see the doctor and the doctor will prescribe them their medication, which is 95% is the Suboxone. What does that do for them? The Suboxone is, it's it's like a blocker. So it's going to block the high. Am I correct on that? I believe so. I'm second guessing myself now. I believe it's, it. They'll take it twice a day and it doesn't make you high. It just helps with the cravings. Yeah, so it's a buprenorphine product. That's the active ingredient that's in that. Suboxone is actually buprenorphine naloxone, and it's, it's how it works on the receptors in your brain that it's, it almost tricks it, right? So like it, it's those receptors are happy because it has a chemical that binds to those opioid receptors, and yet you're prescribed it. It's safe. You have a controlled amount that you're taking. It's not something that can be abused. You know, at some point in time, you just, there's no more receptor space. Wow. I never even heard of that. You know, it's basically how that works. And, you know, since those receptors then are satisfied, like Randy was saying, you're able to focus on your life and not all the chemical stuff that's going on in your mind. And it's also kind of worth saying, too, a lot of times addiction and mental health go hand in hand. Right. Um, One of the really cool things about Crossroads that we recently did was add mental health services onto our MAT program. You do not need to be an MAT patient to also or to participate in our mental health program. And it's all virtual, primarily anxiety and depression, which is what you see a lot of in addiction. And it's, you know, who's to say which came first? Right. But That's they, so They true. work hand because in hand. Spiral once um, you start taking but, it. But, you know, the, the buprenorphine products that we are prescribing, which is what the Suboxone, Supplicade, and Subutex is, is primarily what we're seeing. Okay. And I think, you know, for me, for my outlook on it, it's a wonderful thing. It helps people be functional members of society, and that's what we want, and that's what right. we want Thank for God people. Thank God that's out there. And it is helping them, and if they need that to function at their job or with their family or in society, it's a wonderful thing. And at Crossroads, we're not just helping the patients. We're also helping their family. Absolutely. Whether they have they're children, being affected by They this. are. The just whole entire family is affected. Uh, people have children children, husbands, wives, brothers, sisters. So we need to help everybody. And that's a wonderful thing because once you help the addict, they're helped. But sometimes their family members are suffering just from the trauma that was brought into the home. Right, because they don't know how to help. They don't know how to help. That's the hardest thing is, you know, being a parent or, you know, a loved one and saying, what can I do? There's right. nothing I can do. Randy, going back to your story, hon, when you were in the hospital with the tube, is that when you realized, okay, I'm done? Or That's when I had to accept for myself that I had a problem. Because okay. even up until that point, I just thought I had it under control. I never let myself believe that I was an addict. 
and now looking back, I'm like, I don't understand why I did I was just in denial. Right. So yeah, a lot of people are definitely though. when I reached that point and over the next two years had to really build myself back up being on the medication and getting rid of all of that chemical imbalance stuff, I was able to, I started back to college because I had to, through counseling, I had to accept the fact that nursing was just over. It was not a good environment for me. It was never going to help in my recovery. Um, went back to college for psychology to be an addiction specialist. Um, That's wonderful. Yeah. And so at that time I was working for an eye doctor and I'm like, I wanted to stay in healthcare because it's just what I knew, but right. I obviously didn't want to take care of eyes the rest of my life. <laughs> so I had a real serious conversation with God one morning and I said I just I need some kind of plan like I'm in college but I don't even know where to start and we had gone for a walk that afternoon and the same town I've lived in for a couple years I saw the crossroads symbol and I don't know what made me look at it because we walked back by that building a million times but I started researching and if if you have any kind of addiction you become like you just focus on something and until you get it done like I'm very stubborn like that so I think I spent three hours researching crossroads and the building was empty so it wasn't like there was nobody there but something in me was telling me there's still one around here so oh yeah <laughs> so I believe in signs yeah I mean I that, and I now looking back I really think it was my brother because my brother went to crossroads oh, I had no idea my dad told me after I got the job he said you know your brother used to be a patient there see so how that works I really feel like wise. he just like he told you to do yeah it. and yeah. so I had an interview and the funny thing is the eye doctor I was working for had offices in Butler Cranberry and Grove City and when I was hired, they said, you know, you're going to be working in Butler, <laughs> Grove City. And every office that I work at now is in with one mile of the place that I was working beforehand. So it was just nothing changed in my route or my daily routine, just that I love what I'm doing now. And I have patients sitting in front of me all the time where I can say I was in your spot. You know, right. it's not the end. It's not the end of your career. Your family can be restored. I had a lady in yesterday. She finally got, she got to put her daughter on the bus for the first time in three years because she got custody back of her. It was just... God bless her. That's I just love what I do because I've been in their seat, you know, and when you're passionate about something, I just, I love this company. I just want to see where it's going. I can see it in your eyes. You are just... (laughs) Yeah, I'm very excited about what we're all doing. You had an angel watching you and now you've become the angel. I hope so. I really do because I put a lot of people through hell in my life. Well, that I really did. How is your family now? They're good. Um, my dad still doesn't accept the fact that I'm not a nurse anymore because yeah. he's an executive director of a healthcare facility. So, and they live in Georgia. So he's constantly like, "I have a job for you," and I'm like, "Dad, I don't do that anymore." But he doesn't understand. Like, I've never sat down and had this discussion with them because they're still grieving the loss of my brother. So I've taken it on myself and found my own healing through my work and the people that I work with and like the nurses that I went to school with and worked with. I don't. They don't even know my right. story. I you just you know who you can trust who's going to judge you who's right. going to say why why did you take that path but you can't explain it unless no. you're in it you know and that's the hardest thing is you know if you have an addiction if you're out there right now listening and you're scared to tell anybody because you feel embarrassed or mm-hmm. you don't know who to turn to who to trust i mean that's why you guys are here that's why crossroads treatment center is here and there's so many locations mm-hmm. so you know, it's not like you can say, well, I don't have one near me or I can't. They are everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> yes, they are everywhere. They are everywhere. Um, and one of my big things with my teams is 
I don't want a single person to ever walk through our doors and feel judged. I don't care what your story is. I don't care if you're coming from, you know, your executive position or if you're coming from the construction site or you're coming from down the street in the shelter or wherever. You're going to walk through our doors and you're going to be treated the same and it's going to be without judgment. And we are here to meet you on your level. Tell us what you need. You know, we're, we're here to help. And this MAT, medication-assisted treatment, it may not be the answer for everybody, but it works for some. And it doesn't mean, you know, it's, it's an individual plan. It doesn't mean you have to be on it forever. You know, it's between you and your doctor what's going to be best for you. So I like that. Do you guys follow up with your patients? We're seeing them regularly. Mm-hmm. So, and yes. you know, Nina and Randy, they're touching base with their patients at least once a month at a minimum. Right. Once a month. And we just go over a care plan and ask them questions and we talk to them. Right. Because they that's what they that. want. They, they want to talk. You. And when you talk to them and the more that you talk to them, things start to come out. Oh, wait, you know what? I need some bus passes. Or, <laughs> yes. you know, where's that food bank? Or, um, hey, where did you say I can get housing referrals? Things like that. Right. So, you know, it all kind of comes out because you have to talk just like we're talking right, right. now. We have to be aware. And you have but to make it personal. It, it, personal. Exactly. Because, I mean, and then having the staff that we do, whether this is just something they're passionate about or it's you know something personal to them because they've been through it, they're there to help. And it's nice when you do have some sort of personal experience, whether it was yourself or somebody Someone close to you, right. to say, look, like I've, I've been there, I've done that. You know, or I've, I've walked side by side with my sister and I've been able to do that. And it's hard right now. And you don't know what you don't know. Right. So, like, we're going to help you figure out the things that you need to know, whether, like I said, whatever that resource is. So Exactly. This you know, needs to we're, be We're just here about. to help. And there's people entering recovery all the time. You know, people are finding out about loved ones' addictions. People are hitting their rock bottom. You know, whatever the case may be, right. the courts are telling them. Whatever the case may be, people are stopping their use every single day and sometimes they don't know where to look or families don't know where to go and this exactly. is just an option you know exactly. check you know crossroadstreetmentcenters.com it's a safe place we and we're more than just that like i said you know we do the mental health um we also you know we try to be really innovative we want to be doing things that are going to be beneficial, you know, because we've had to adapt over COVID and everything. So it's kind of forced us to improve our technology. And we have these really cool measurement-based care assessments that we do. And that's going to be measuring, you know, they're able to, our patients are able to communicate to us from the comfort of their home, you know, if they're feeling triggered by something or if they need assistance, there's questions that they're answering to let us know, you know, do you feel safe in your home right now? Do you have enough food? Um, There's other assessments that are measuring depression or anxiety. So if maybe they're not comfortable to say it out loud yet, but we can see, you know, they're comfortable saying it 
to the to the tablet or their phone mm-hmm. when they're answering those questions, and then we get to see the results when they come in. So is this like a twenty four hour? If they need, you know, if they're somewhere. No, the assessments are um, at least once a month when they're coming in, if not more, just depending on how frequent they're coming in. But be, like if you're, what well, Nina was saying before about how someone that woman called you in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. are you guys able to stay in touch with people through your phone or yes. you have like a business number? Yes, we each have our own phone number, so it's nice. And I mean, I answer my phone whether I'm working or not, or <laughs> if it's three in the morning or not. You know, right. I just I do. But we all are. You know, they can contact us anytime they need us, whether they need to schedule an appointment or need a mental health appointment, therapy appointment. We are there to help with any of the needs that they might have. I love this. It's, we it's need really to nice. know about this. And Crossroads, if anyone wants to Yes, make an give us some information sure. on Crossroads. So it's, if you're listening, this is how you can get in contact with <laughs> It's very, very easy. You would just call our 800 number. Okay. So anyone can Google Crossroads Treatment Center. I don't... Do you have the 800 number, Sam, by any chance? No, I don't know any either. Um, But you can Google Crossroads Treatment Center and the call center number will come up and they will answer. You will make... The patient will make an appointment and they will tell them the closest location. So if they're calling from... Put your zip code in or... Yeah, they'll just tell them, I'm from Tennessee. Here's my zip code. They'll find them the closest location. How many states again? I know we talked about this off air. I don't know if we talked about it. That's okay. 10 states with 120 centers Wow. or clinics. Um, so calling the call center is how you make your first appointment. They will ask them the questions over the phone. So when they come into the office, all they have to bring is their insurance card and ID. Okay. And they're ready to be seen. And we try to get them an appointment within the first five days, within the first week. Um, if we can't do that, then we'll just do a televisit and give them a bridge script So for just a couple of days or until their next appointment. So what, what Nina's speaking of is you can call into our call center if you're just entering into treatment, um, and that call center number is 800-805-6989. And if we don't have an appointment, we try to actually get you seen within 24 hours because if you're taking that first step of calling, Right. You're ready. Yes. So, like, we want to try to accommodate you. You know, we want to be convenient. Right. So, if we cannot get you in one of the locations that's close to you, we were able to do this pretty cool thing called instant intake. So, we can, they'll set them up when they call in. We have an instant intake team that'll get them set up with an appointment. They'll see a provider over a Zoom or, you know, a virtual telemedicine appointment to get them a script to hold them over to that next available wherever their closest office is. So, and that's typically three, four, you know, less than a week um, that we're going to be able to see them in office. And then the first time they come into office, and sometimes actually even before, we have a care manager that will be reaching out to them immediately following their instant intake to even get the ball rolling right away. They'll get, you know, we'll start those assessments. They'll be able to sit down and take those digital assessments. So the care manager that is reaching out to them just to touch base and make sure if there's any immediate needs, we want to get them in contact as soon as possible. Um, And then when they come into the office for the first time, that's when they'll get to meet with the care manager, you know, Randy, Nina, or one of the other many other ones that are across the state at all of our offices. I love it. I mean, this is what we need to talk about. I mean, as much as it, I mean, stupid me, I feel so unaware of what's going on because I I heard about it maybe a couple years ago and I thought, 
uh, you know, because we're living our lives, we're not every day. Don't even know there could be somebody that you're best friends with, or that you're you see at the grocery store that they're addicted to opioids or fentanyl or anything like that. And it's it's a scary world to be taking something and you don't know exactly what's in it. Yeah, I mean, I would say if you're listening to this and you have zero idea about any type of opioid epidemic in Pennsylvania, do some research. Right. It's scary. It's really scary. It's a bad time to be using any sort of illicit drugs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you there was just something on the news about um, mm-hmm. two young kids that took something at a party, and they ended up. The one kid died because it's something yeah, in the system I mean, or whatever it was in there. Well, and right now the pills that are on the street are pressed. Mm-hmm. Pressed pills are so such a high strength, but they also have other things in them as well. I mean, it could have Xanax in it, fentanyl. It could have anything in it, and they're pressed, and it is just such a higher dose, and people think When you say pressed, Nina, what do you mean? They press the pills. They're they mix, the street. They're not from a pharmacy. They're not from a pharmacy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you can find pills on the street, and I have to check the... I'd have to check online for the Steve. I want to say the last time I looked, it was like three out of five pills coming mm-hmm. off of the street have a lethal dose of fentanyl. And in they right. make them look like it looks your just like, from the like a regular pill. You know. How do they do that? <clears throat> I don't know. Oh. You wow. Know, that's it, how we've been getting away mm-hmm. with it for so long. That's right. how we ended up in this in this boat because one way or another people are getting away right, with this. Right, and hearing and about all the treatment centers you have now, that makes me even more worried because I'm thinking, wow, it's everywhere. This and is everywhere. It is everywhere. Yeah. And another nice thing about Crossroads is when the patients come in, we drug test them every time they have an appointment. So we can check their buprenorphine levels. We can see if they're using anything else. Um, and we keep track of that. So when they go see the doctor, the doctor will be able to see their drug screens. And at some point, he may say, you need a higher level of care. That is when we put them in an inpatient rehab. Okay. Yeah. When they're, you know, they have to be willing to they go. Have to, they have to right. want that treatment. When you say um, doctors, Nina, do you guys have doctors on staff? Oh, yeah. We do, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm thinking yeah. they got to go to their family doctor. Nope. Oh, no, 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 it's no. one stop. We have a wow. doctor there. We care managers there. I believe Crossroads is going to start doing some other things as well. So it'll be nice. I think we're trying to do more of a whole patient care. Right. To make things convenient for people. Yes. You know, a lot of times we're the only point of care that they're receiving on a regular basis. Um, so if we can provide as many you know, resources for yeah. them. Um, you know, the, the addition of the mental health has been really good, and we are getting ready to pilot some PCP services out of some offices. So we're hoping that that's going to get rolling here before too long and with the intention of being able to, you know, you're already coming to us for MAT services. If we can help you with primary care services as well, let's keep you healthy. Let's treat right. the whole person. Um, exactly. Right, because they're obviously on on something for a reason. I mean, they're on the drugs for a reason. And even with the Suboxone or any of the MAT, you can fix that in them, but you have to help them fix everything else too. Or else it's just the same cycle, different medication. You know what I mean? So that's why I love the full circle that we do here. We really treat the entire entity of who they are. Yes, I love that. And it's it's specialized for everybody. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it looks different for everybody. You know, it doesn't mean you're going to be on Suboxone. Sublocate might be the best option. Right, 
everybody's you know, treatment you know, recovery you know it's between be them and the doctor and they get to work closely with the doctors that we have on staff for whatever's going to be best for them mm-hmm. <sighs> thank you so much I mean this has educated me and I hope our listeners out there can be educated on this as well this is something that needs to be talked about I know a lot of people don't want to talk about it I have been living in I think a little bit of a what is that called not a shelter like a, a bubble. bubble a bubble a bubble that's it a bubble yeah and if I could just add one more thing I mean if you have somebody in your life that is struggling with addiction you know try to be there for them you don't want to enable them by any means but they need support you know it's not a, just I about going up. into don't treatment you know just going into jail is not going to save them you know loving them more doing more for them isn't going to save mm-hmm. them but you still need to be there for them. They need support. And if Especially, you don't have support, that's what we're here for. Right. And, you know, we'll help you with that. But, you know, there's just such a stigma around addiction. So whether MAT is the answer or not for somebody, if I could just give one word of advice and, you know, don't turn your back on the addict that's in your life. Accessible. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you know, with, with what you were, your story, Randy, you know, I mean, it, and you're not the only one. I know there, I've heard of a lot of men and women out there that once they get treatment with an injury or something like that, then they're like, yeah triggers that yeah. addiction that you didn't even know you had. So. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. If there's mm-hmm. anything else, I mean, I just, we could talk all day because I really feel like this is an issue. This is something that I feel like this world needs to be talked about. I mean, it is. And you saying, I don't think I know anybody in my life. I guarantee I you know. somebody in your life yes. is addicted to something. You're right. I don't have any statistics off the No, of but I head, guarantee but like, you. Oh yeah. It's, they are. Yeah. There's somebody. Right. It's, and you, and the you don't believe you, you know, you're like, no way, that person, no way. You just, but it could be for anybody. For like mm-hmm. you said, you could be depressed, or you had like um, an injury and you have medication. Now you're addicted to it. You know, it's just. I thank you, girls, so much. Thank you so I, much for having yes, us. Thank you, thank you for having us. Thank you for letting us talk about Crossroads and what we do and the great staff that we have. Oh, you do. I mean, just meeting the three of you. I mean, I just feel so comfortable. <laughs> I, I know that someone out there is going to need you, girls. Yep, we're here. We're here. Remember, yes, we CrossroadsTreatmentCenters.com. <laughs> oh, um, Yep, CrossroadsTreatmentCenters.com. <laughs> and that number is 800-805-6989. Yes. So get in contact if you have someone or if you're dealing with this addiction right now. And I just want to say thank you so much for being on Spill With Me, Jenny D. If you want to say anything else or you guys... You're good. I think we educated our listeners. <laughs> I think we got. Uh-huh. You have your notes over there, too. Is there, is there anything that we that you really wanted to talk about that wasn't brought up? But Randy, thank you. Oh, thank I you. It was very it. therapeutic. I can tell you that I, it is. And you know what? I feel like by hearing your story, that there's somebody else out there that has a similar story, and they're afraid to talk about it, or maybe they just they're afraid to admit it. And I can understand that. I can't see myself sitting at a table like this and talking to my parents yet. You know, right. this was a good it's start. Hard, for but me. you know. I, so I'm in recovery myself, and, you know, I'm proud to say that I'm in recovery. Me too, I've yeah. been in, you know, Randy, you have a few years under your belt now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have 12, going on 13 years under my belt. And my husband has 13, and he loves, now he works here. Oh, my <laughs> God. He left the construction field and came in. He's a care manager, and he loves talking about his 13 years of recovery. So oh, it's my just, it's gosh. Exciting. I it really love is. that, because you know what it is. It's helping, like I said, when you have experience with something and you're talking to somebody else, they feel more comfortable with you because mm-hmm. you've been through it. Mm-hmm. So t- to me, that's that's the best medicine. Oh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. This was Spill With Me, Jenny D. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me with Spill With Me, Jenny D. 
You can be anonymous, planning on having guest speakers, or anyone who wants to share their life experiences on the topic we covered that week. I'm going to post all that on my Facebook and website, so you will see what I'll be talking about that week. So give me a call. I can pre-record and put you on my, my episode that day. I stress this. I personally feel to heal yourself is to talk about it. And if we can help each other instead of keeping it bottled up and just release it, I think that it's going to help all of us. And let's have a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Oh, I'm so excited. This is still with me, Jenny D.